You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a new way to lead off your Sunday with conversation, unique perspectives, and your thoughts and questions on the Hometown Nine. It's Twins Today. One, two, he struck him out swinging. A fastball at 93 ends Cabrera's at bat and Duffy with a sharp one, two, three, eighth inning. I would rather be labeled as someone who can really spin a breaking ball, throw a good fastball without any help. Twins today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars. Well, I'm 75 now, so that I'll probably hit about 280, <laughs> you know, but... Yeah, it was a great question. I caught you toweling off your pits, didn't I? And I said, yes, sir, you sure did. <laughs> now, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Well, good morning, Twins fans. It's great to be with you here on this final day of the regular season. Last Minnesota Twins game of 2021. You're listening to Twins Today. It's driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. And I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. Sitting up in the press box at Target Field one last time as we uh, get set to close these doors. Uh, my first, I'd like to say a quick thanks to Al Shock for always uh, handing it over to us, setting us up here for Twins today. Al, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll catch you on down the line. Today is this show's final run. It's 10 to noon here today. We're going to begin with five thoughts. We're going to catch up with a couple of important Twins players. Alex Kirilov and Royce Lewis join the show today. Katie Storm from Bally Sports North gets her mic check uh, in the first hour of the show here. And we're going to wrap with Friends of the Show, a beat writer's roundtable. Sitting down with people who cover the Twins as closely as anybody. Phil Miller, Dan Hayes, Betsy Helfand, and Do Hyung Park will help me round out the program and uh, round out the season for this show um, and I should also mention, too, this is 10 to noon here on WCCO. After this, friend of the show, Steve Thompson, takes over for an hour of special programming. Uh, some sports talk with Steve coming up at noon, so stay tuned for that. Then it's the usual suspects heading up to first pitch. Inside Twins is a special roundtable edition. That's emceed by Corey Provis. 1.30, it's the Diner Realty pregame lineup card with Chris Atterbury. And first pitch, Twins and Royals, about 2.10 right here on the radio dial. Charlie Barnes opposes Jackson Kowar for the Royals to wrap up the Twins' final game of the season. Let's get this show kicked off. Instead of diving deep on some minutiae of the week, we can talk about all that stuff throughout the show. Let's look big picture as we head into this offseason. And I think the number one question on every Twins fan's mind for how are they going to compete next year, yeah, well, it might be the same. Number one. Shoemaker from the belt and a 1-2 pitch. A drive to right center field in trouble. Buxton going back on the track at the wall. That's gone a home run. Yeah, not to pick on Matt Shoemaker here. He certainly was not the only Twins pitcher who uh, did not live up to expectations or their own expectations even this season. Question 1A for me is how do you quickly retool a pitching staff that can contend with the White Sox next year in the in the AL Central. Um, it's it's reason number one why this season did not go to plan. Of course, you can point to injuries. Of course, you can point to the early season disruptions, whether COVID or anything else, frankly. Um, Alex Colomay had a really tough April that kind of buried the Twins early this season. 
how do you, as the Minnesota Twins, go from a, a pitching plan that you felt confident in, felt like you would contend in 2021, that did not go to plan. So how do you quickly reverse course and go from a, a you know 72-73 win ball club, depending on what happens here today, and contend for the Central? It starts with the pitching, and I'm going to be fascinated to see what they do. If that's question one, though, question two has got to be the guy standing in center field, Byron Buxton, who has now returned from his multiple injuries and is again showing superstar ability on the field. It's no longer just potential with Buxton. He's now backing it with production. It leads to the obvious question, with only one year of team control left, would Byron be comfortable going into his final season uh, without a contract extension and, and sort of a prove-it year. Byron was asked that by the, the beat writers the other day. Number two. 3-1 pitch, a towering drive. Left center field and deep. Back it goes. Deep it goes and gone. Twins are back on top on the second homer tonight from Byron Buxton. I mean, if that's what I got to do to prove myself, then yeah. I'm not nervous. I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm I'm more confident now and more more ready. I feel like now just because of the year that I had, the mental challenge of the year that I had. So it's kind of a little bit more of anxiousness for me. I missed a lot of baseball. So for me, it's kind of don't want this to end. Kind of don't want this to end. Yeah. And why would you when you're playing like this and swinging it like this? Byron Buxton, absolutely on a tear with the Twins. Uh, With one game left to go, he's got that average up to over 300. Uh, another hit yesterday in a 4 nothing Twins win is OPS for those that like the on-base plus slugging stat. It's almost 1,000. It's 988 when you combine his on-base and his slugging, and that is pretty darn good when you put it with the best defensive center fielder in Major League Baseball. Will he get a contract extension? Will the Twins go into his walk year without one? Will he be traded? All kinds of questions that will be answered this winter, and it's... Uh, kind of the center of the conversation for a lot of Twins fans right now. Going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Another question I've got for 2022, shortstop. Number three. The shortstop part of the conversation, we've been talking as a group a fair amount, you know, kind of working through when we might get him out there for some work at shortstop. Obviously, he started playing a lot of outfield at one point in the season no matter how much work you try to put in, that does take you away from your infield work. And so before we made that decision to send him out there, we wanted to make sure that we were all comfortable as a, as a staff and group, and especially the player. You know, Nick has to be comfortable going out there to shorten. But his ability to move around the field and especially play up the middle is going to be very important to him as a player. That versatility is going to matter. That Rocco Baldelli, of course, he's talking about Nick Gordon, who moved all around the diamond this year, played most of his minor league career as a shortstop, and then... Well, left field, center field, some second base, and finally some shortstop for Nick Gordon. That versatility is hugely important, but I'm also curious to see what the Twins will do at shortstop in 2022 because they got Nick Gordon under team control. Jorge Polanco's had a team MVP type year at second base. Do you want to move him back to shortstop now that he's a little healthy? Andrelton Simmons, the bulk of the shortstop innings this year, he's just on a one-year deal. And uh, from my perspective, hasn't gone as well as you would have hoped uh, as the Twins when you signed him. What are they going to do at shortstop? Does it include Jorge Polanco? Does it include Andrelton Simmons again? Does it include Nick Gordon? Does it include one of these 
uh, mega free agents that's hitting the the free agent market this offseason. This is the best shortstop class that I can remember, frankly. Uh, Another fascinating uh, fork in the road for what the Minnesota Twins are going to do this winter. But hey, looking back on 2021, who made the biggest impression on you? Number four. 3-2 count, one out. And the payoff pitch, a swing and a line drive into left field and deep. Back it goes. Ball game. Twins win the game on a Polanco walk-off three-run homer. It'll be a happy all-star break for the Twins as they sweep the Tigers in four. What a game today. That Corey Provis on the great call there. Walk-off homer by none other than Jorge Polanco. I took out some of the suspense when I called him the team MVP in the last thought, so there was not a lot of drama there. He's just been incredible. After a couple seasons dealing with some ankle injuries and slowed up a bit, I think that's hurt his defensive numbers at shortstop for people who just look at the stats instead of watching the games. And I personally think he's a better shortstop than those numbers have showed, but it's been a great find for the Twins to move him over to second base. Personally, I'm not a scout, but he looks a little bit more comfortable there. Doesn't have to cover as much ground. Doesn't need quite the same arm strength. And I I don't know if it's related or coincidental, but he has taken off with the bat. Both sides of the plate showing on-base ability plus power. Jorge Polanco is one of the cornerstones of this team right now. When I talk about the most notable impression, I did think about including Bailey Ober for his strong 2021 campaign. Kind of out of nowhere. Um, for at least from us outsiders, I don't think I expected Bailey Ober to have this strong of a season coming off of multiple injuries and multiple years in which he missed a lot of time. Joe Ryan also should get honorable mention status here. Just kind of too short to make up the ground that Polo established as the as the runaway winner with that award for me. That's just my personal perspective. Your mileage may vary. I talked about the offseason, how important this is going to be for the Twins. It's a pivotal year. There's no doubt about that. How do you quickly get back to contending? Well, at least that's the Twins' contention. Here's Derek Falvey. Number five. We have a good core of players. We have some young players in that room that are getting some experience in developing. You know, I look around and see Ryan Jeffers and Trevor Larnick and, you know, up until recently what Alex Kirilov went through, he's still going to continue to develop even if he's not on the field. So we're going to utilize all these guys. They're going to be a big part of our future, uh, along with a lot of players who've been here for a little while now and are still, you know, still with us. Our view is we'll continue to build. We're going to try and compete. I've talked about sustainability, and uh, we've been able to do that over the last few years. I'm hopeful we can continue to sustain going forward. Definitely took a big step backwards in 2021, a year they were also intending to contend when they left Fort Myers, frankly. Instead, uh, 89-loss season coming into the final game of the year, game 162 later today, Twins and Royals. You'll hear it right here on the radio. Um, But that doesn't take away the fact that it was a big step backwards and you traded Nelson Cruz. Now, Nelson Cruz was in the last year of his deal. No guarantee he was going to be a part of the 2022 club anyway. But Jose Barrios would have been. He would have been your ace uh, going into the year. Instead, the Twins trade him for prospects. One I like a lot, Austin Martin. And another guy who's pretty young climbing the ranks. Going to go pitch in the fall league in Arizona. Simeon Woods Richardson uh, has definitely fans, not only within this organization, but around the game still. That doesn't change the fact that uh, at the major league level, from a talent perspective, from a projected wins perspective, the Twins took a step back this summer. So 
Do they bounce back from that? How quickly can they bounce back from that? Can they make up the the big 20-game gap that has been created between them and the White Sox and, and actually contend? Well, so much of that depends on what they do this winter, how they get themselves out of it. Personally, I'm going to be fascinated to see how the chess pieces move around the board so they can try to set themselves up for that stated goal of contending again in 2022. They got their work cut out for them. That's it for the final five thoughts of the Twins Today season. That's a that's a wrap on it. If you want more five thoughts, and you're not going to get to hear my shiny voice on the radio 10 to noon every Sunday, you can follow me on social media, Twitter at Derek Wetmore and Facebook. Just search uh, Derek Wetmore MLB is where you can find me on Facebook, and I talk Twins baseball there uh, pretty regularly with a good group of people who are following along. So join that conversation if you would. Uh, later on this show, we are going to be talking with Alex Kirilov. We talk with Royce Lewis. A beat writer's roundtable will close the show. Twins president Dave St. Peter joins to talk all things baseball and the state of the franchise heading into this pivotal winter for not only for the Twins, but also for Major League Baseball as we look at the collective bargaining agreement. And Katie Storm will get a mic check later on before her Bally Sports North TV duties a little later today. That's all coming up on Twins Today, so you're not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned right here for the rest of our show, 10 to noon, as we get you set for Twins Baseball on Twins Today. This is News Talk 830 WCCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Twins fans, welcome back to Twins Today. It's driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we have the great pleasure of being joined on the phone from his rehab assignment. He is Alex Kirilov. He joins us now. Alex, thank you for taking some time for us today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Alex, Twins fans last saw you when your rookie season was promising and exciting in a lot of different stages, but then unfortunately ended prematurely with the surgery on your wrist. So how are you doing now physically? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm, I'm progressing well uh, with my, my hand and my wrists and uh, currently progressing through um, a hitting progression right now um, on top of the other rehab that I'm doing. So it's going well so far. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. And it was sort of, I don't want to say it was a weird injury, but you don't hear a lot of baseball injuries where you have some ligament damage that you're still able to play through. So tell me, how long were you dealing with that while you were still swinging it with the Twins? Yeah, it's definitely, I don't think, really a common baseball injury. Apparently it's more common, I guess, in hockey players uh, handling a stick all the time. But uh, I think I did it maybe 10 games in or so. I did it, I guess, diving into um, 
second base uh, against the Rangers. And uh, I kind of felt it that game, ended up playing the rest of the game. And then the next morning I woke up and I, it was, I just had like a really stiff, swollen wrist and couldn't move it really well. Um, so tried to manage that, got a cortisone injection. Kind of lasted me a little while and gave me some, some freedom to play with it a little bit. And then kind of just came back around and started um, to aggravate things again. So that's when I had to get the surgery. Hmm. What was the conversation like? Because I would imagine there are a couple of different paths that you could have gone, but in talking with the twins and the team doctors and maybe people on your side as well, how do you come to a decision that, yeah, unfortunately we have to take a step backwards in order to take a step forward? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you kind of just have to weigh the pros and cons. You know, obviously as a, as a teammate and competitor and athlete, I, w- I want to stay out there and play as much as I can, um, you know, as much as I can handle through any injury. Um, but then it comes along with, um, you know, the, the facts that you can be effective or not, or, you know, if it's causing more damage um, in the area by, by using it more. So it's, it's kind of just about weighing those things. And uh, we did that and kind of just came to the decision that it was time to, to get it fixed. Sure. And I remember hearing at the time, Alex, that the decision was made in part to be ready for spring training next year so you can be a full go. A, is that still your goal, your benchmark? And B, where are you in that process? I mean, in terms of being back to fully recovered and ready to go? Yeah, I mean, the plan is definitely to be healthy for spring training next year, uh, without a doubt. Um, I'm getting close. Um, Like I said, I'm working through my hitting progression, which is kind of I guess how we gauge, um, you know, how far you are along in the recovery process. Um, so I've worked my way back to, to taking some batting practice right now. Um, you know, kind of overhand batting practice. Um, so I'll be working through that this next couple of weeks and then working up to, um, seeing more velocity and then maybe, uh, getting some live at bats here in Fort Myers at the end of bench trucks. So that's personally my goal to be able to do that. But we'll see how that goes. Oh, great. So, yeah, game action would be great going into the offseason. Alex Kirilov is our guest for Twins fans who are just joining us. Of course, he had the torn ligament in his wrist, had surgery, and is hoping to be a full go as early as Instructional League winding down here later this month. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. Alex, I want to look back at your rookie season as a whole. I know you had a taste of it, you know, last year, getting called up for the 2020 postseason games, which is a pretty cool moment. But... How would you assess the job that you did in your first full season with the Twins? Um, I felt pretty good about it overall, um, you know, especially dealing with some of the, the challenges that were that were rolled my way. I think every year there's going to be challenges in, in their own unique forms. Um, you know, and this year I, I thought it was interesting just to be able to learn and to, to get more experience, you know, uh, like you said, than more than just the, uh, the one playoff game. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot of things and, uh, I'm excited just to take those things, uh, to get healthy and to, um, you know, hopefully take some momentum going into next season. Yeah, that is a great mentality. I think twins fans, Alex, and I'll include myself in this too. I think sometimes we forget how challenging the game can be and how hard it is to hit because we just see guys who are good at it all the time. When you talk about those moments of learning there, what is maybe one thing you picked up during your rookie season that maybe you'll be able to use throughout your career? 
Yeah, I think overall, I would say generally, guys, you know, that are, I feel like are good in the big leagues, they just they know how to be consistent. Um, you know, I think that's just a big key to learn and, and being a professional. Um, you know, whether that be through your preparation, uh, your performance, and you know, kind of your game plan or approach, I guess you can say, um, yeah. for whatever you're doing. Um, I, I think that's important, and you know, just kind of the details and learning those steps and, and what to do because uh, they're not the same for everyone but once you kind of find what works for you and what makes um, you effective with what you're doing I think that's important to kind of grasp and uh, run with when you say consistency one of the first people that comes to mind is Nelson Cruz did he pass on some of that to you yeah yeah he's a perfect example I mean he's you know he has his routine I think I heard someone say that he's been doing like the same routine like pregame routine for like the last 10 years so you know obviously that's an example of, you know someone finding what works for them and, and they stick with it so it doesn't matter you know if it's a you know morning midday or afternoon game like he he has you know his steps that he takes every day before um you know getting in there to take his at bat so um, definitely can learn um that from someone like him Nice. Alex, I'll leave you with this one. And Twins fans, Alex Kirloff has been our guest here on Twins Today. If you look big picture, kind of a challenging season for the Twins, and I'm sure that you're frustrated in having to end your own season early, but there are always positives along the way too. And Alex, what's one positive that you look back on in your rookie season? Yeah, um, just going back to learning and, and kind of growing and getting the experience uh, personally for me was was a highlight in my mind. Um you know, even though it was cut short, you know, I just, you know, kind of just take what I got and, um, you know, again, try to take that in the off season and learn and you know, apply it to next year as well. Um, but I, I think even though we had some injuries and some guys banged up early, I think, you know, overall as a group, we kind of just, you know, pushed forward uh, and, and kept after that. So I think that goes, um, you know, kind of the show, um, the types of characters we have on the team and, you know, in the clubhouse, you know, staff, locker room, and uh, definitely makes you excited for next season. Well, we share that sentiment. Alex, thank you so much for taking some time to talk on Twins today. Awesome. Thanks, guys. But the voice of Alex Kirilov, of course, season ended a little bit earlier than he would have liked. Boy, his healthy return could help the Twins add some wins to their total next year. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking with Katie Storm. Uh, host and reporter for Bally Sports North on the TV side of things. I wanted to relay a couple of quick notes I just got from Twins Communication, though. This is kind of breaking news here. Um, they they mention at the bottom of their media notes today info that will blow your mind. They they point out that the Twins are a perfect 72-0 and when they outscore their opponents this season. Uh, fact check that, and it's true. And they're 9-0 and when walking off their opponents, 0-8 when they get walked off. So that's pretty good. And also a perfect 9-0 and when shutting out their opponents in 2021. So we'll get all of that, that detail. We'll maybe ask Katie Storm about that when we come back here on Twins Today. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, Twins fans, welcome back. This is Twins Today. It's driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars, I'm your host, Derek Wetmore and... Happy to be joined on the phone now for a little mic check. Just make sure microphone's working before TV duties today. She is Bally Sports North's Katie Storm. Katie, thanks for taking some time for us this morning. 
Derek, thank you so much. Um, the mic is indeed working. Looking <laughs> forward to uh, a great show today, wrapping up a great, uh, you know, a fun season. And uh, happy to be here with awesome. you. Well, I'm glad that your mic's working. Who are you working with on the TV side of things today for listeners? I am the lucky one to uh, have Tim Laudner with me. So Excellent. I'm in studio with him, and uh, we're you know planning out a good pre- and post-game show to wrap up this season. And, yeah, good fun deal. to spend time with uh, a great crew out here at Bally Sports. Yeah, awesome. Well, all right, we'll catch you on the pre- and post with uh, the one and only Tim Laudner later today. Uh, heading into Twins baseball and then heading out saying goodbye putting the bow on the 2021 season. Uh, we'll talk Twins in a second, Katie. But first, uh, since I, I got to know you just a little bit this year from sharing a booth up here, but for listeners, you're a, you're a host and reporter on Valley Sports North. Uh, by the way, you can follow her on Twitter, at Katie Storm. Listeners, if you'd like to. Um, but, Katie, you joined us midway through the year here in the Twin Cities. Tell us the story, how you got into that role. Yes, I'm uh, very lucky to be here. I'll back up to the fact I grew up in Delano, Minnesota. Some listeners may know that's west of the cities. I was a Delano Tiger, um, loved playing sports out there, loved being a part of sports, wanted a career that would keep me a part of sports. So I went to St. Cloud State University, got a, a degree there, got a lot of experience working with St. Cloud State hockey. was so lucky to have that experience and even Jumped into Hockey Day of Minnesota and, uh, you know, then Fox Sports North. And also then I was Katie Emmer. Um, all this experience, so valuable down the road. I, I was hired out of college at that point as a digital reporter at, here at Fox Sports North, now Valley Sports North. And, you know, got to know uh, some of you, got to, you know, work around the teams and actually went out to Philly to cover the Flyers. And ended up back home. You can you can run, but you can't stay away too far from the great state of Minnesota. And uh, I'm happy to be back with my Minnesota-speaking family and friends out here. And um, it, there's no place like home, and there's no uh, better feeling than covering the teams you grew up watching. So, yes, I got married this summer, became Katie Storm, and uh, accepted very gladly, very happily accepted a job to, you know, come back to this great network, which is now Valley Sports North. And, uh, jumped right into the twins. So it, I say it's it's fun at the top of this interview. It's it's fun for me to be here. Of course, I'm looking forward to a better outcome of a season for the twins, but I'm having a good time. Yeah. Well, congratulations on uh, what's been a busy summer for you, and I definitely know what you mean, calling it fun, even though the, the product on the field not always been the case. Uh, Katie, I just, as you were talking there, I thought, I spent a summer out in Baltimore covering the Orioles, and I didn't know that I had an accent until I went to the East Coast. Did people make fun of you for your Minnesota drawl in Philly? Yeah, uh, it certainly happened. I think it was uh, fortunate that I was covering hockey. Sure. You know, maybe there's just some, you know, expertise people. You know, they just accept someone that kind of sounds Canadian or Minnesotan to be covering hockey. Okay. No, but it was um, – I had a very hard time depicting or just telling the difference between Philly and New York, but there there's a big difference. The East Coast, um, there's different words here and there, but uh, hey, I'm so happy I did it. I'm so happy I got to, and I'm sure Derek, you too. You know, out in Baltimore, it's it's pretty cool with the fact that the cities are all so close to each other. You yeah. know, there was a preseason game at MSG, and I'm like, may as well just take the train from Philly, get up there and check it out. Right. And so happy to 
have that access and you know the east coast there's nothing like it but like i said so happy to be back home here in uh in minnesota yeah no doubt no doubt well and we're happy to have you katie katie storm is our guest right now she is a uh, reporter and host on Bally Sports North. On the TV side of things, you can catch her on the pre- and post-game show today, the final day of the Twins season as they wrap. With game number 162, Twins and Royals' Charlie Barnes gets the ball for the Twins today. Um, Okay, so I am curious, one last thing here on your story, and i got a minute or two for Twins here too, Katie. What sports did you play? You mentioned uh, that you knew that you wanted sports to be your path. What sort of what lit that fire for you? Um, I grew up in a family of six boys as the only girl. I feel like that's uh, very telling for just why I have a, a competitive side and why I love to you know be a part of the sports world. But yeah, I, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball in high school. Softball was the main one. Loved it. Uh, played all year round. And, uh, you know, dome ball, fall ball, which I believe wrapped up for a lot of uh, young girls yesterday. But, you know, nothing better than that. And uh, went out to college trying to uh, actually University of Hawaii. It's a long story. University of Hawaii Hilo. Ended up walking onto the basketball team. uh, Ended up transferring home. But those experiences of, you know, walking onto a collegiate team and just being around that environment, I, again, am very grateful for. And, um, yeah, just really wanted to stick around uh, the, the sports world and, and what in that action of a game and what better way to do it uh, than be in this broadcast industry, Derek, and you know it very well. <laughs> I would say we never work a day in our life. Yes, right. And, and I agree with you because I'm sitting at my office right now and I'm looking out at the field at, at Target Field with a blue, uh, slightly cloudy sky here in downtown Minneapolis. So, I could not agree with you more on that. Um, Katie, I wanted to ask you some twin stuff. You're prepping your twins pregame here, sitting down with yeah. uh, Tim Laudner in just a little bit. But I mentioned uh, coming on midway, what what has stood out to you? I'm going to ask you for a player who has made the biggest impact on you that, um, I don't know, whether it's whether it's Im- impressed or changed your mind or anything like that, which Twins players made the biggest impression on you uh, back half of the summer 2021. Oh, my goodness. Well, the good part is, is this is challenging for me because it's hard to pick one. And I'm going to give you a definitive one. But, you know, overall, Miguel Sano, what a storyline, you know, since Nelson Cruz was traded, the way he stepped up into a completely different role has been very admirable. Uh, Excited to see what he can bring, you know, going into this final game today and, and next year. I, this is really bad. I'm not going to be able to answer one. Byron Buxton really stepping up, too. I mean, since returning from injury, is doing Byron Buxton things, yeah. Derek. But something interesting about him, and that's, again, in this really second-half finish to the season, something interesting about him is he's not happy. He, he wants more. He wants to do better. And I think that's uh, really a, another very key factor and something exciting. But you know what? I... I uh, I'm going to just have to say Jorge Polanco. The Mm. season he's had, you know, where I came into the picture in in August and just being able to see, and and again, I was was here a couple years ago, and and just seeing the player Jorge Polanco has become, the career season he's having at the plate, I I think that's really stood out to me the most. And, you know, despite the outcome of this season, despite the downfall of the season, he has been a consistent 
key factor for this team no matter what. And um, I think that is, again, something for Twins fans to be excited about going into the offseason. Yeah, no, it's a great answer. I, I think Polo is a good one. Um, team MVP right now, I'm just kind of a runaway favorite. Um, KD, we've got about a minute here. I want to ask you, with your pregame coming up with uh, Tim Laudner on Valley Sports North on the TV side of things, what's uh, what's something people can find on the pregame show today as you guys say goodbye to the uh, 2021 Twin season? They can find a lot of entertainment uh, out of our pregame show. Derek, I love that. We're plugging this. Again, it starts at 1.30 on Valley Sports North. No, but a big focus today, Dick Bramer, Justin Morneau, uh, you know, Tim Lawner. We're all in the pregame, and we're going to be talking about our highlight moments. Each of us are going to pick, you know, what, a, what was our favorite moment or what stood out to us the most from this season. And it, I'll just say mine, I, I'll, you know, I'll hold back the other three, but one of mine is I came in August 1. I came in right at the start of this month, and the way I saw the Twins play their best against some of the league's best, taking out the Astros, taking two of three from the White Sox, you know, Tampa Bay, even the Brewers to finish that month, that was that was for sure, you know, for me to start and to see that, I, I, uh, I thought the Twins showed a lot of promise, and I, I thought that was a very cool uh, and, uh, you know, exciting month of August for sure. So nice. that and so much more is coming up on our pregame show, but it's a lot of reflecting back on the season and just talking about what to expect uh, going into 2022. Great. Hey, Katie, we got to run, but it's great catching up with you. Good luck on the pregame show. Uh, Derek, thank you so much, uh, and keep up your great work. It's so fun to follow along. I look forward to seeing you in that booth again. Uh, come next season. Thank you. Thank you. That's been Katie Storm, catcher on Valley Sports North. Dave St. Peter coming up next here on News Talk 830 WCCO. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Twins fans, welcome back to Twins Today. It's driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we have the privilege of sitting down with a special guest on the program. He is Twins President Dave St. Peter. Dave, how are you today? Hey, Derek, it's good to be with you. It's good to be with you as well. I'm looking forward to chatting. I would like to, if we can, Dave, look forward for Twins fans, but I think that has to start with looking a little in our rearview mirror. The 2021 season's been strange for, for everybody. I almost don't remember this, but when we started, there was some uh, uncertainty as to whether fans would be hmm. welcomed at Target Field. Of course, we opened up with 25% capacity. Just with that in mind, Dave, big picture, how has the reopening of the ballpark to fans gone from your perspective? You know, Derek, it's, um, you know, I'd say it's gone well. You know, I, I, you know it's, there, there will never be another season quite like this. And, you know, we, we say that coming off of 2020 when we had no fans and we played a truncated season. But, you know, this year, obviously, everything that went into the offseason, all the planning, all the uncertainty about whether fans would return, and when, and if so, what would it be like, 
you know, we saw that in spades. We saw it play out early in the year. We were just given the green light. I remember back in early March to have fans. Yeah. So, you know, we, we opened with crowds of about 10,000 for the first couple months, and then slowly but surely we got to increase those numbers to full capacity um, in July. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, we learned a lot. I think fans were patient. Um, certainly uh, the experience of coming back together, I think was really important for a lot of our fans. However, some of our fans still aren't ready for it, you know, in the COVID world we live in, and we understand that and respect that. You know, we've taken extra precautions here to make it incrementally more safe. Being outdoors, I think, has probably been a huge advantage for us, and, you know, we don't aren't aware of any singular um, case of COVID that was spread here, and, you know, none of that has been traced back, and, you know, um, you know, we're thankful for all of our staff um, and all of the fans who have come out and, 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 and supported our team in 2021. The season hasn't played out in the field the way we would have wanted it to, but off the field, I think the target field experience continues to shine. And, um, you know, that, that to me is something that can never go into a slump and we'll continue to work to make it better. Very well said. I'm curious about the not only the health perspective, which you just touched on, but from a revenue perspective, Dave, uh, reopening slowly might have had an impact. Uh, the, the, the performance might have had an impact. Of course, COVID had an impact. How has that all gone from your perspective where you sit? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, the business performance, you know, for us. And COVID is just one of them. You know, we, we've been dealing, obviously, with um, the realities of the way our season played out. Uh, we've been dealing with uh, downtown Minneapolis and, and perhaps perceptions around public safety and, and whether people are comfortable to make that trip. Um, but, yeah, it, it hasn't been the year we would, would have hoped for from an economic perspective off the field. Um, you, know, I, I, you know, I think from our perspective, slightly better than 2020 when we had no fans, but nowhere near what we had anticipated, budgeted, or projected. So, you know, we're going to end up a little north of 1.3 million fans. We're grateful for that, but we have higher hopes. And over time, we're really hopeful that 2022 will return to more normalcy where we can hopefully push attendance, you know, back towards uh, uh, beyond the league average to 2 million to 2.5 million fans. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched there, Dave, on downtown Minneapolis and the public safety. And we've, of course, gone through uh, an incredibly uh, – <laughs> meaningful important moment as a community but also it's been hard at times i know you are in close contact with your fans who come and go from baseball yeah. games but you've spoken in the past too about the the sort of sense of responsibility that the twins yeah. and that the polad family have how has that gone sort of that revitalization of downtown minneapolis over the summer you know it's a work in, in progress you know sure. when we opened in april we we were re- literally the first major uh, uh, venue uh, to reopen yeah. to bring fans back. Now we've since seen Target Center reopen, and ov- obviously U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, Huntington Bank Stadium. Um, but you know, from a Twins perspective, you know we're pleased. You know, our fans have told us that they feel safe coming into our ballpark, walking through downtown from parking ramps. Uh, uh, you know, going home at night. We haven't had any incidents, um, and uh, knock on wood uh, that that continues. Um, but we feel as though we have a lot of work to do. Our downtown obviously uh, needs to return a critical mass of people. Um, I think, uh, you know, over time as COVID subsides, that will happen. Um, but our focus is on uh, making sure that this continues to be uh, a destination. And uh, clearly uh, the Twins baseball, uh, Vikings football, um, but all the theaters, all the other events of downtown 
that all has to come back to life. And over time, I'm optimistic it will. And we have a significant role to play in that. And we'll continue to lean into that, uh, in, into that challenge and into that effort. Twins fans, the voice you're hearing, that of Twins President Dave St. Peter, kind enough to give us a few moments for Twins Today here. I know you've been a fan of this in the past, Dave, um, looking at the schedule for 2022 as as we turn our focus from the rearview mirror to the windshield. There's uh, earlier games times, I've noticed, on, mm-hmm. the, on the schedule, on the calendar. Pros and cons of that, and what are Twins fans yeah. going to notice? Yeah, well, we've had a really good response to the – 640 starts for Monday through Thursday night games in April, May, and September. We've done it now, you know, for a couple of years, and, and, and people seem to like that. School nights, um, I'm hearing. That's yes. <laughs> and, you All right, know, Twins fans, so we're going to go to it, uh, you know, season long next year. Monday through Thursday night games are going to be start at 640 for the most part. There's a couple exceptions. Fridays will, will stay at 710, and then weekend games are going to be to be largely determined by national TV, uh, day games uh, on Saturdays uh, to some extent as well as on Sundays. But I, I think it's good. I think it's a reflection of, of, of the length of our games to some extent. I'm not going to dodge that. That's part of it. Um, but also I think it is it is uh, responsive to uh, specifically our season ticket holders who I think like the earlier starts and uh, I, I think feel better about it, uh, you know, particularly probably during the school year, but maybe even over the course of the summer. So yeah. it's 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 really out of response to our fans. Cool. Yeah, it's cool to hear. I, I know you send out those surveys, and it's cool that you are listening and reacting to some of the, the input and the wisdom that you get. Twins President Dave St. Peter is our guest here on Twins Today. It's driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. All right, that was the easy one. I'll hit you with the uh, the fastball, Dave. CBA. That has been a source of tension for Twins fans, really for baseball fans, this whole summer. Um, with your seat at the table, what is your perspective on it? Because I would say that there are several, uh, many outsiders who are sort of pessimistic of the state yeah. of labor conversations. Yeah, they're always pessimistic about labor. <laughs> let's let's just be honest, as Fair well enough. as as well as most other topics as well. <laughs> you know, baseball's enjoyed the longest period of, of labor peace out of all the professional sports. That's the reality. We have not had a work stoppage since 1994 into 95. Commissioner Manfred uh, has a reputation of, of being a deal maker. Um, all of the, the key topics have been discussed over the course of the last few months between uh, MLB and the MLBPA. You haven't read a lot about it, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not suggesting that there won't be some rough waters ahead, but I am optimistic that uh, a solution will be had um, and that we'll be able to play a full 162 games in 2022. Okay. Um, you know, these discussions, uh, negotiations are important on a host of reasons. There's certainly economic reasons. There's an evolution of our game. Um, there's a potential for expanded postseason and all kinds of things that have direct impact on fans. Um, but, you know, we have to allow that process to play out. And, uh the, the, the more quietly it plays out, I think the better. Sure. And uh, I expect that, that understanding the deadline of December 1st is, is, uh, is uh, approaching. I expect those discussions to pick up in earnest here in the weeks to come, and uh, that's a good thing. And uh, I know that MLB and the MLBPA 
are ready to, to engage with the hopes of uh, striking a deal as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, from my outsider's perspective, I just I hope that both sides would know that it would be a tough time to be without baseball for a little while, coming off of yeah. the 2020 truncated season and now finally starting to build some momentum. Yeah, I think everybody shares that opinion. Sure. Um, but, you know, we have to ultimately get to get to a, a deal. But I, I can assure you, from at least from baseball's perspective, the commissioner and others, uh, we want to we want to find a way to propel the game forward. We understand the value of our players, the respect the players, and I think that, frankly, there's a lot more common ground than 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 probably people believe. And uh, okay. I, I suspect that will carry the day at the end of the at the end of this negotiation. It's great news, uh, music to my ears as a baseball fan, Dave. Let's. Uh, I want to finish on a high note. Gave you a couple fastballs, and for Twins fans who are listening to this too, obviously. It's been a challenging year for very many people, but there have been some highlights along the way. What's as you look back on the 2021 campaign? What's a highlight that sticks out in your mind? I mean, there's there's recently the Morneau Hall of Fame, the '91 reunion, um, fans being back at the ballpark, like we talked about earlier. Mike Radcliffe going into the Scouts Hall of Fame. Uh, plenty to choose from. What stands out to you about this season, Dave? Yeah, you know, all of those things are great. You know, obviously the Morneau Hall of Fame and the 91 reunion would be high on my list just because I, I love the history of our franchise and those are, you know, those are celebrations that I think if you were in the ballpark or listening on the radio or watching on television, you couldn't help yourself but to be a little emotional. For me, it's just the return of fans. It's fans back in this ballpark and, you know, on any given beautiful summer night, you know, having... 25 30,000 fans here it's been um i can tell you therapeutic on a lot of levels uh, the the truncated 2020 season despite hanging a division championship flag um was uh, challenging and uh watching those games with uh, pumped in crowd noise and cardboard cutouts just uh failed i think to to meet our collective expectations and uh Having fans from the first day in spring training when we could have 2,000 fans at the Century League Sports Complex to uh, Saturday night when we had you know 27,000 for Hall of Fame induction, um, seeing fans back it, for me is what I will take out of 2021. I'll I'll never take the fans in our ballpark for granted again when after playing a season with no fans. No. No, very well said. That's Twins president Dave St. Peter. Dave, uh, really appreciate your, your candor and also your willingness to take some time for us on Twins today. Awesome, Derek. Thanks for all you did this season. We've enjoyed the show. I appreciate hearing that. Uh, more baseball after this. You're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. Yeah, well, and we're going to keep it here, actually, as we wrap Hour 1 of Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. It's been a fun hour catching up with Dave St. Peter there, Twins president. I liked what I heard about the CBA negotiations because, boy, if you read the headlines, it's uh, you're just not left as as encouraged as uh, talking with Dave there says that they're closer than the public perception may seem to be. Great news if you're a baseball fan. Maybe get next season off without a hitch, without any kind of a stoppage, at least all my fingers and toes are crossed for that outcome. So thanks to Dave for coming on the show. Thanks to Katie Storm. And Alex Kirilov, before that, joining the first hour of Twins Today. We've got a whole nother hour before we uh, set sail into the sunset here on Twins Today. On the other side of the news block here, we're going to talk with Royce Lewis. 
top prospect in the Twins organization and a guy you certainly would have heard a lot more about, maybe even seen at Target Field if it weren't for uh, an ACL injury that wiped out his 2021 season. Uh, Just a a bummer of a time to get hurt. I guess there's never a good time to miss a year. So we'll catch up with Royce Lewis after it, after the uh, news block, excuse me, and uh, close the show. The final show here on Twins today, we'll close it with a Beat Writers Roundtable. Phil Miller of the Star Tribune, Dan Hayes of The Athletic, Betsy Helfand of the Pioneer Press, and Do Hyung Park covers the Twins for MLB.com. They'll join me next to uh, wrap up the show, put a bow on it, before we hand it back to a friend of the show, Steve Thompson, for his special one-hour program talking sports. We'll take it back for your final game, game 162 between the Twins and Royals. We say goodbye to the Twins season. That's going to do it for this hour. More baseball after this on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Maurer Auto Group. More than cars. Once again, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Okay, Twins fans, welcome back. It's Twins Today. It's driven by the Maurer Auto Group. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore. I'm delighted to be joined on the phone now by none other than Royce Lewis. Royce, how are you? Man, it's going well. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I appreciate you taking some time to talk with us. Let's catch up, Twins fans, who are just joining us on the show. You've had a little bit of a down year. ACL surgery starting in spring training, so missed the year, but... How is rehab going for you? How are you doing in the recovery process? The rehab is going amazing. Uh, you know, God has blessed me in many ways. And uh, to put me through this challenge has just gotten me better and helped me uh, to be able to grow in my uh, game and as a person, uh, which has been amazing. And um, as you know, the process has been very long and and taken much of my time and, and effort, but at the same time, I think, like I mentioned before, I've just grown so much from that and uh, accepted those blessings and uh, the best we can just move forward and stay positive through it. Yeah, the last time we talked with you, Royce, the timeline of the surgery was 9 to 12 months for recovery, which meant no baseball. Let's get an update on that. It looked like you were going to stay off the diamond until spring training 2022. Is that still the plan? Uh, in terms of games, yes. Uh, that was That was the main goal and uh, focus in terms of when we spoke uh, right after the surgery happened and um, breaking down the timeline with the coaches and staff and doctors here and the teams here. um, It was mainly to, Hey, you're not going to be playing in games um, and possible instructs depending on how you're going. Um, But the instructs are actually currently going on right now. And we don't plan on playing any games just to uh, fully recover and, and get this rehab uh, on the right track, which, uh, I've been ahead of schedule, which is perfect. But at the same time, we're almost slowing it back down so that it's fully recovered and ready to go for next season. So um, I can play at my best and hopefully be uh, have a chance to uh, or an opportunity to become a big leaguer and uh, start that dream. Yeah, well, we're hoping for that for you as well. You talked about Instructional League, and that's down in Fort Myers. So rehab taking place at the team's complex down there in the spring training facility. Uh, tell me if you would, Royce, and for Twins fans listening to this, how many people are you working with on a daily or weekly basis on your rehab? Yeah, that's a it's a great question. There's almost too many to count, but you know you got David Rack and strength and conditioning, and 
he's been really one-on-one private training pretty much for the most part, just obviously making sure the knee is okay in certain positions and certain weights and, uh, and part of the environment he's created in the weight room has been amazing. Um, you got Anders who has been our rehab coach down here. He's been doing, he's a Jack of all trades. He's been doing everything he can for, he does pitching rehab, hitters rehab. He hits ground balls, throws BP. He does all of it. Um, and he's amazing at it. We got Christian, who is uh, one of the rehab PTs that's been helping me out, and he's my main PT. Um, And he just, like I said, the work these guys put in, and girls, uh, who Danielle is also a rehab PT down here, and she's been helping me out with a ton of stuff. Uh, You have Jen, who has been doing a lot of my movement and agility work. Uh, Now we're just starting to move around on the field and um, do some agility-type drills to get the knee back to – to basically get me back to being an athlete again, which is so much fun. Um, so I can't thank these guys for all their hard work and, and effort in uh, bringing me back to being better than what I was before. So, um, And I'm sure there's some people I'm missing out on because there's so many, but those are the main ones I work with every day. So it's about four or five. The voice you're hearing, Twins fans, that of Royce Lewis, top prospect in the Twins organization. A little bit of a setback, but you heard Royce off the top that it's been a little bit of an opportunity as well good way to address challenges. Royce, I'm just curious as to how is that possible? Just to phrase the question a little more directly, I think a lot of people would be really bummed out about this news, and you may be as well, but even for that first call post-surgery when you talk with the Twin Cities media, you did it with a smile on your face. Where does that come from? (laughs) I think it just comes from how I was raised. You know, my family, my parents uh, just talk about positivity and how can we grow and, uh, very much so for my mentors as well. It's like, you know, you have an obstacle in the way you just can't, you know, dwell on that. Uh, it happened. It is what it is. How are we going to get better from it? How can we, you know, progress through this, uh, whether it's an injury or a down year or whatever it is, uh, it could be something regular in a nine to five job. If you, you know, your boss doesn't like what you're doing, how can we progress and get better and learn from that? Um, and that's the attitude I took right away. Obviously, was I sad and upset that I missed my whole year? Of course. Uh, I think it took me a couple days, but um, you know, after I came back from the surgery, my hopes kind of got up a little bit and I was excited that I was actually able to start working on uh, getting better right away, which was awesome. And um, I was very blessed that Dr. Camp had a great surgery and um, he performed it on me, which is great. Uh, he's a great person and a great doctor. And I really appreciated, you know, everything the twins and him have done for me. That's really cool to hear. And, Rice, I haven't chatted with you since that happened, but the Twins at the major leagues have had a bit of a disappointing season, and they're hoping it's a blip and they can bounce back next year. But part of that tough season is you have to make tough decisions around the trade deadline. They traded away a couple really popular veterans, one being Jose Barrios, and they got back Austin Martin in that trade. I don't think you guys have crossed paths based on how Martin has come into this organization, but how do you react when the Twins add another high-profile piece, a prospect around your same age and, I guess, potentially arriving at around the same time as you. What is your reaction when you see the news like that? Yeah, it's uh, very indifferent. You know, I'm very excited, obviously, because the team's uh, moving forward in a way that they, you know, business decision or whatever it is uh, to better themselves for the future. Um, but it also really it sucks because those are guys you talk about Nelson Cruz and Jose Barrios and some of those other guys that ha- uh, happen to leave as well. Um, we're very great clubhouse presences and um, great people to be around and learn from. I know Nelson has taught me so much and I have a signed jersey from him 
uh, I really appreciated his time here with the Twins, uh, just getting to know him. I mean, these guys make a difference throughout the entire organization, more than most people even get to know and uh, have a chance to see because it's all very behind the scenes. Whether it's in the cages and you're talking to eight minor league guys um, after your whole day has been done, you take MVP, you played in the game, um, you know, the cameras aren't on then. and He doesn't have to be doing that. He just does it out of the kindness of, kindness of his heart and for the love of the game. You know, he's trying to pay it forward. So, um, you know, guys like that and Torrey Hunter and Jose Barrios being in the clubhouse were just really cool. Um, so that part of it sucks. But the part of, you know, getting one of my buddies who I actually grew up playing with, I roomed with him in Mexico, Mazatlan, Mexico, when we played for the USA team when we were 14, 15 years old on the 15U national team. Um, unfortunately there we came in second, but Austin and I grew a good relationship there and, um, lost pass a little bit with us both getting busy. I got drafted and he went to Vandy, um, where he just became a superstar. Um, I was so happy and proud of him, man. It's exciting to see a lot of your friends and teammates and, uh, you know, players you played against in the younger levels do really well. And I'm always rooting for those guys, especially ones I've gotten to know, um, and now that he's on my team, it's kind of cool because we got a couple USA guys on our team now. <laughs> That's great. Rice, I didn't know you guys had a history together. Austin came on the show right around right around the time of the trade, and we talked with him. Uh, he seemed like an outgoing guy and very obviously loves baseball. That's probably the number one thing I took away from that conversation. But now knowing that you guys have a history, what can you share with Twins fans about one of the newest prospects added to the system in Austin Martin? I mean, great player. Obviously, you know, you're trading a guy like Brios. You got to get something really good in return. And he's he's just exactly what we needed. Um, when I saw the news broke about Brios, I was hoping that Austin would be the guy that we get back from the Blue Jays in return. At least one of um, the guys, just because I knew him. I know what he brings to the table. I know he's going to compete each and every day and give it his best effort. Um, and I know that he's also a great person. And I think that's important for not only myself, but the twins here. Um, the whole organization has a lot of great people and they, and we all really pride ourselves in that, especially when we play other teams and we see, you know, how some guys are not very, uh, you know, the best of attitudes or the best of people. And Mm. I think it's cool and and very exciting for not only twins fans, but us as an org to know that we have great people as well as great ball players, um, playing this game and treating it with respect and coming out and competing each and every day, um, you know, to the best of our abilities. Well, that excellent insight, Twins fans, is from Royce Lewis, the top prospect in the organization, working on his ACL rehab this season. Kind enough to take a couple of minutes to join us on the final episode here on Twins Today. And Royce, I have to leave you with a positive one. I guess for you, everything might be a positive one. But I wanted to leave you with an upbeat one here. Highlight for you for 2021, whether it was something you saw, someone you met, something you learned. As you look back on the six to seven months of baseball and rehab here, what was the highlight for you? Yeah, the highlight, I, I would have to say a few highlights, to be honest, that are up there. I think uh, sure. seeing a bunch of my fellow teammates and, uh, you know, twins guys going off. Uh, you got Jose Miranda had a great year. Uh, a bunch, I can name a bunch right now. I just don't know if we have the time for it, but seeing those guys make it to the big leagues and, have their dreams come true and now striving for another goal in, the, in winning a championship. Um, it'll be so much fun to see in the next few years, all these young guys coming up. Um, I just wish and hope I'm a, have a chance to be a part of that um, up there with the, with the twins, man. It's been a great, great uh, 
great seeing a lot of that happening. So there's a lot of positive, even though it was a tough down year. Um, I, I truly think it was a blip. Uh, we had a lot of injuries, um, just a lot of misfortunes happened. So I think it was a blip. And I think that the Minnesota Twins team can definitely make a push for the playoffs next year. Um, nice. And so I'm excited just to hopefully be a part of it, like I said. But I think that's my highlight, man. I just focusing and knowing that, like, uh, I, I would love to be a part and help a team like the Twins be, you know, a big league contender and winning playoff games, not only getting there, but winning them and trying to make it to the championship and, and win the championship. So, um, you know, like I said, I just each and every day I'm working as hard as I can so I can potentially have a chance of doing that and being a part of a special team because I know those guys and those guys are very special to me. So that's my highlight right there. Good deal. Very well said, Royce. As always, continued success on the rehab. We'll look forward to seeing you down in spring training. Thank you for taking some time for us on Twins Today. Thanks so much, Doug. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right, Twins fans, final week of the show, Twins Today. All season long has been driven by the Mauer Auto Group more than cars. And to say goodbye after a, a fun six-month season with the Mauer Auto Group, Jeremy joins us now. Jeremy, how's it going today? It's going great. I'm glad we're on radio. You don't see the tears in my eyes. <laughs> yes. this, has been a, this has been really fun. Yeah, well, I'm not going to well up, but the the feeling is mutual. And for listeners of the show, if this is your first time or if you've been here, you know, all six months, we've talked a lot about the three locations of the Mauer Auto Group, brand new website that actually launched during the season. So we got to witness that as it unfolded. But we spent a lot of time, too, talking about more than cars. Jeremy, the overall impression that you would like to leave with Twins fans, listeners to this show, what does more than cars mean to you at the Mauer Auto Group? Well, and when you go to the website, you're going to see that the MauerAutoGroup.com website is the first thing we talk about is what we've done for the community. And that's what I'm going to leave for everybody is, you know, whatever you do in your life, whatever position you hold at your job, wherever you live, wherever you are, if there's an ability for you to help out your community, and that's what it's all about, it's more than cars. And if you can get out there and help somebody else, everything we do about more than cars, the biggest thing we want to do is change somebody's life. And all somebody has to have is that feeling that somebody cares and somebody's watching and somebody's willing to help. And that's what we're all about. So that's what I want to take away from, you know, all the listeners that if there's something you can do for your community and don't ever think it's too small, I've been in so many groups and the littlest things that come in from people are so appreciated. If there's something you can do or something you can help your community out with, just go do it. And this is why we're doing it. Well, it's a great message, Jeremy. Uh, MauerAutoGroup.com is the website that you can go to learn what the Mauer Auto Group is doing more than cars. But Jeremy, I'll leave the last word to you as well. If people want to come in and see you, say hi. Heard you all season on the program. Which shop are you at and how can they come say hello? Well, I'm up at the Anoka shop and we're into October, which we are the Halloween capital of the world. So you're going to hear a lot about Anoka, but uh, the Invergrove South location is on Invergrove Heights. That's the Mauer Chevrolet store and the Mauer Buick GMC store is right next to them. So if anybody wants to come and see us and just chit chat for a little while, please feel free to come in and see us, but come in and do business with us. The, I mean, the cars are coming, everything's there, everything's getting in place, but really everything we're all about, the Mauer Auto Group is we're more than cars. And that's what I can leave you with. That is Jeremy from the Mauer Auto Group. 
MauerAutoGroup.com. One last time, that is the website. Um, Jeremy, this is our goodbye here for the season, for the show, for Twins Today. Thank you so much for your time, for your effort, and your energies this whole summer. And we appreciate your support at the Mauer Auto Group. No, appreciate your efforts too. This has been a great time. Thank you so much. Okay, welcome back. Twins Today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group, More Than Cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and I'm joined by some of my friends. It's the Beat Writers Roundtable, Dan Hayes, Dohyung Park, Betsy Helfand, and Phil Miller. They cover the Twins for their respective outlets, and rather than doing the thing where you guys say, thanks for having me on, let's just jump right into the questions. It's the Beat Writers Roundtable. Question number one on fans' minds. We'll start with you, Dan Hayes. What is their plan to fix the pitching this winter? Is this not like a multiple choice question? I I would think that it will involve trading a position player. Okay. Maybe something like re-signing Michael Pineda, which makes sense. I don't know that that's in the plans, but it makes sense. He likes it here. I'm sure he would love to come back. Obviously, Bailey Ober and Joe Ryan are still are, are part of that equation. So they have three spots to fill, but also you probably need some depth as they found out this year. Mm. So, you know... I don't know. It's there's a lot of work to be done. We saw them do it after 2019, but um, you know, I, I'm glad it's not. It, it's above my pay grade, and that's a great place to be in. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm not trying to figure it out. Okay. Uh, the, so that's the voice of Dan Hayes. We'll move now to Do Hyung Park, who covers the Twins for MLB.com. What did he miss, Do? Well, first of all, Derek, don't tell me what to do. Thanks for having me on, Derek <laughs> Wetmore. Fair enough. I'm not sure that he missed all that much because there's honestly, when you look at it, I'm not sure I see too many ways in which you go into 2022 with a rock-solid starting five being like, I feel good about all yeah. five of these spots. There's just too many holes to fill. And of the kind of candidates that they've had up here, we haven't seen the best of Griffin Jacks this year. Drew Strotman hasn't been a factor yet. I'm sure those are two guys that are going to figure into the depth mix. But even beyond that, like the guys who you thought you would have a better idea of, like the Devin Smeltzers and the Lewis Thorpes and the Yoan Durans and Josh Winders of the world, yeah. they're going to have to count on some of those guys to fill the gap. Because I agree with Dan. I think there's probably going to be a trade or two of a position player, maybe one with club control remaining to bring back maybe a controllable starter to help fit into that bunch alongside, I think, Ryan and Ober, who are the locks for my rotation in 2022 right now. And I, too, also think it makes a ton of sense just for both sides to bring back Michael Pineda as kind of a stable piece who you know what you're going to get when you go when he goes on the mound. And I think there's a lot to be said for that when you have so much uncertainty uh, uncertainty laid an upside yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> but I think they're going to have to count on some of those guys, and that's kind of the crux of the issue, right? They hoped that they were going to have information, and they have some information. They have information about Griffin Jacks, maybe about Charlie Barnes, John Gant, but uh, I, I don't know that all, all of those guys are going to factor in, in too much yeah. into the future in the first place, right? Like the guys like Yoan Duran and Josh Winder and Matt Canarino were the guys you needed information on. And whether the Twins like it or not, they're going to have to count on those guys maybe as soon as 2022, and they just don't have the information on that right now. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to turn this to Betsy Helfand. She covers the Twins for the Pioneer Press. Betsy, the same question on pitching is probably the biggest surprise for the four of us sitting in, at this table. I, I mean, I think we could say that. Do the Twins have enough internally that you could foresee it being a, a winter where if they add a piece or two pieces, they've rebuilt a pitching staff? Or in your mind, Betsy, is, I mean, is that just too tall of a mountain to climb with just two arms? 
Yeah, that's, uh, I would say that's too tall of a mountain to climb with just two arms. I don't have a, a ton that they didn't touch on. I think, you know, in a, in a very disappointing season, it has to be one of the most disappointing things that they didn't get a chance to look at some of those young arms like Winder and Duran. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Doe was just talking about that. But those are guys you, you want to know things on. Those are guys you might be trying to depend on as opposed to Griffin Jackson, Charlie Barnes. Those are high-quality prospects, and you really have no, no information on them, how they might react at the major league level. I think there's... Hmm. A lot of work to do, um, and I would be interested to see. Or like Dan was saying, there's the trade route. Um, I feel like if you were going to give a hundred plus million dollars to a starting pitcher, you could have given that to Jose Barrios. So I'd, I'd be interested to see what they wind up doing um, in free agency. If it's another season where they're going after, I don't want to say projects, but going after guys yeah. like Matt Shoemaker and Jay Happ, sure. or if they're you know hunting at the at top tier of the market and that's not necessarily something I would say I see right now but I'll be very uh, interested to see what they wind up doing this offseason. If you got a hundred million dollars Max Scherzer is available I've heard <laughs> so Phil Miller of the Star Tribune covers the Minnesota Twins at the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. What is the Twins plan or what would my plan be that I think the Twins plan is to roll it back and try it again next year uh, uh hope that Kenta Maeda comes back, hope they can find a couple of willing takers in free agency, hope that they can turn some of their outfielder excess in the minor leagues into, uh, into starting pitching. Um, I'm not so sure it's a good plan. Obviously it depends on uh, who we're talking about. Any plan that revolves around adding Max Scherzer to the rotation I would say is a, has a good chance of success, but I doubt that Max is going anywhere. And uh, if it was up to me, I say I would take this year's success in identifying a couple of big league pitchers um, and, uh, and build on that. Uh, and I, I think they have so many problems. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day uh, about, uh, a couple of problems they have with the lineup, and that's not even before they get to the pitching. Um, I don't know how they come back from this year quickly. I know they're talking about a big rebuild. The only way is to spend a lot of money, and that doesn't strike me as the Twins' way. I want to stick with you, Betsy, for ch- turning to another question of uncertainty. I, I, probably the two biggest question marks in Twins fans' minds right now are starting pitching and starting shortstop. I'll ask you the question this way, and I know you don't love thinking on your feet. You'll have a very thoughtful answer five minutes from now. Feel free to cut me off and, and cut in with that answer, Betsy. Uh, is the opening day shortstop for 2022, is that person currently in the organization for the Twins? I don't think so. I think maybe if uh, Royce Lewis had been healthy this year, mm-hmm. you would have enough information on him to you know see where he was at, see how he fits in. Um, I know he was talking about how he hoped – before the season that he might be able to make it to the majors sometime this year uh that doesn't that's not an option right now uh moving jorge polanco back to shortstop does not seem like an option uh defensively i don't don't see that as an option i think they're gonna have to go get somebody and it'll be interesting to see kind of the angle they take with that um knowing that you do have royce coming up um austin martin is also you know has been playing shortstop in, in center field uh 
also not going to be ready at the very beginning of next year. So, uh, yeah, another very interesting thing to watch this offseason. Phil Miller is the opening day shortstop for 2022. Is that person currently in the Twins organization? My guess is yes. Uh, well, I don't know if I, my guess is yes. I, I, I would say I think a logical starting point is um, – a one year with uh, Jorge Polanco back at shortstop. They had the plan drawn up a it was kind of a stopgap measure while they wait for Royce Lewis to arrive. Now it's Royce Lewis and Austin Martin, although I, I don't know that um, Martin will wind up at short. He could easily end up at third. But to me, it, it was a good plan. Bring in, uh, bring in a veteran shortstop for a year to uh, – kind of acclimate Royce Lewis. It got set back by his knee injury. Now there are questions about how bad that knee injury uh, affects his ability to play shortstop. It is tempting though. Carlos Correa, uh, Story, Seager, Baez, uh, you know, uh, there are, there are ways to really shore that position up for a lot of years. And that way is a, is a big check. Um, I think the twins way is, They've got what they hope is that level of star player coming up and putting a roadblock in his way would be a mistake. How you get through this next year, I would go Polanco. It's not ideal. He's not really a shortstop defensively. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what I would do. Just as a side note, I, I really like where we're going with this because we're we're giving Byron Buxton a blank check. We're signing Javi Baez to a long-term deal, and Max Scherzer is the opening day starter. I, I'm kind of liking this team on paper. I'm not signing. I'm telling you that uh, if, if, I think the Twins don't sign one of those. I, it would be it'd be such a big change for them yeah. uh, to to go with a uh, an expensive shortstop along with their expensive third baseman and the money that they're going to have to spend on pitching. Right. Um, yeah, I, that's why I think. They, they cheap out and go uh, Polanco, who is a good enough shortstop to get through what is going to be a uh, uh, difficult year. You know, the one thing I will say, if, if the flood of good shortstops um, floods the market and brings down costs, if, you know, if there's a bargain out there, if uh, Trevor Story doesn't get 150 million, but he gets, you know, 180 to 100 million yeah that's that's a different that's a different story isn't it? hey see what i did there <laughs> okay i'm gonna ask you do young park the same question is the shortstop for opening day 2022 currently in the twins organization I'm also going to throw in a no, and I also think that's probably somewhere you got to look at the trade market, where if you're okay. going to trade a position player away, maybe get some starting pitching in return or bullpen help in return, I think you're trying to find a shortstop somewhere in there, too. Because you look at the free agent class, this is like the supernova shortstop class, right? Yeah. Like, it ain't going to be Javi Baez. It ain't going to be Carlos Correa. Sure sure won't be Corey Seager or Trevor Story, right? Wow. Like, Because you got... Because you got, I mean, you got Royce Lewis, and you've got, uh, and you've got Austin Martin in the pipeline, and maybe Martin doesn't project as a shortstop in the long term. But you got bodies that can fill the shortstop position with high upside, and you don't necessarily want to block it for, with like a six-year deal for one of those okay. guys. Fair. And so I think you're probably looking for another stopgap Simmons type guy. And uh, I just don't. I there's probably 
you know, marginal guys in the market somewhere. But I think if you're going to be trading away position player, maybe with uh, years of service remaining, that's probably a priority you look at as well on the market. Did you say a Simeon type guy? <laughs> well, wouldn't that have been nice? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Dan Hayes covers the Twins for the Athletic. Uh, are you going to stump for Nick Gordon? You know what? I think it's outside. I, I think it's outside. And you mentioned Marcus Semyon, and boy, look how different things would have been. Uh, they were in the market in that 12 to $14 million yeah. offer range for him. Hmm. And then the Blue Jays threw $18 million to make him a second baseman. Yeah, and, and he and took it. He did. He did. And they blew everybody away with that. But how different would their season be right now had it been him? I wonder on the stopgap, uh, you know, Anderson Simmons was $10 million this year. He's not getting $10 million this offseason. Could he be at a lower price, the guy they turned to? Because the one thing is they kept him around at the deadline. They could have given away for a, a bag of balls, basically. Other teams were open to that. The Twins wanted him to protect their young pitchers. There are going to be a lot of young pitchers on this rotation next year. Yeah, His bat has been nothing like we've seen in the past. He doesn't. He's just not the hitter he used to be. And not that he ever was a great hitter. He was probably a little bit less than league average before, but defensively he provides value and it wouldn't shock me if they at least considered him on a one-year it would have to be significantly less money but it's along the lines of those type players that they're going to be looking at because as both Dylan and Betsy have pointed out you know the, the future they have options while those options aren't ready right now and, and Royce Lewis being another guy that totally got hurt by uh not being available this yeah. year. I mean, they, their development has been in so many key positions stunted across the pitching and, and obviously their infielders. And they need a stopgap, and that's going to be interesting to see how they fill that too because it's, uh, it's not easy. And at the same time, I don't see them being, we're going to try to win this year. I don't see that being their mantra that they're trying to compete next year. I think they're going into it to try and be decent and look for 2023 as the turnaround window. Okay, that segues perfectly into my third question. So thank you, radio professional Dan Hayes. Um, 2023, Byron Buxton is no longer under team control. Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, we could go down the list. Let's just stick in center field. I think it's the most interesting one for most Twins fans. What does the immediate future hold for Byron Buxton this winter? Well, I think whatever they do, they do have to do it this winter, right? I think... Uh, it becomes a really dangerous situation for them if they wait. Uh, free agency is, is going to be a free-for-all for a player like that. There aren't that many players like him ever come on the market. So um, they need to sign him to, you know, they just need to swallow hard and, uh, and realize that it's going to cost $150 million, um, $175 million, something like that. Get that done or get what you can for him now it's too valuable an asset to risk um squandering for nothing for one more year even if even if somehow that year was a postseason year a championship year uh you know if he walked away that would be uh, uh, a real big mistake i, I think of it of, of uh having like a ten thousand dollar bill you know you can uh you need to uh, get change or buy something with it, but uh, you can't uh, you can't just uh, sit on it because pretty soon it's going to be gone. Um, so, if it were up to me, I would pay the money. Uh, it's a different team uh, with him in the lineup. 
And, uh, but I think if it comes into spring training and nothing is done, that's a real big mistake. I, I mean, look, the twins should sign him. Like that's, that's, I would love nothing more than to watch the Byron Buxton for another seven years. Whether the two sides can agree on a contract, it's extremely difficult. I just don't think they can. I mean, maybe there is a moment where they both figure it out and get on the same page. I don't think that they are that far off. However, they couldn't find it. They worked really hard at it in July. They maybe take one more stab at it, but at the same time, what if we don't have much of a winter as far as the CBA goes? And yeah. and so, I mean, if I was going to be in Las Vegas uh, betting on this, I would definitely put more money on Byron Buxton being somewhere else on opening day than being here, hmm. which is really unfortunate. And, uh, you know, it's weird to think that, you know, the Thursday game here at home was his last home game as a twin. But, you know, it's... It wouldn't shock me if that was the case. It's on the spectrum of possibilities, as we always talk about. And, Doe, I'm going to ask you, uh, if if there's not a long-term contract uh, to be sorted between the Twins and Buxton, both sides, by the way, have expressed motivation in doing that. Dan and you you and I have talked about that in the past. But, Doe, uh, if there's not a contract guarantee, do you go into the final season? Or if you're the Twins, do you try to do something this winter then with Buxton? I think you're trying to do something this winter. I mean, I think the I think the added value of a contender having that full season is going to make is going to make a difference. I mean, especially if it's a full season of Byron Buxton and um, you know, if you're if you're if you're in the market for a guy like that, you're probably already a contender-ish team that's looking to push yourself over the top, right? You're probably already in the mix to a certain extent looking to become a favorite and in that in that mold, if you're looking for a guy like Byron Buxton, you're looking for the upside that will help push you over the top, regardless of kind of what the uh, regardless of what kind of the floor might be, which we've seen is kind of yeah. him being off the field for right. extended periods of time, right? And I think that's something you're considering. And if you're the Twins, I think you're also motivated. If you if you trade Byron Buxton, you're you're you're. I'm not going to say punting on 2022, but you're posturing yourself more for a 2023 sure. than 22 at that point. I yeah. mean, if you're trading away an MVP caliber player in his walk here, you know, that's yeah. that that's going to set the dire- direction of your offseason to a certain extent. So if you're going to commit to developing, if you're going to commit to taking a year to kind of get a guys get guys into your system, you know, get those bigger trade acquisitions in possibly and uh, kind of set your sights for 2023, I think if you're Wes Johnson, if you're Pete Mackey, if you're Rocco, you're trying to have as much time with those guys as possible because as we've seen this year with Ober, with Jax, development isn't always linear. Development isn't a simple equation. And I think uh, even Jorge Alcala, you know, it took him even just a half of a season at the start of this year to get going, to get on the same page with with Wes and to execute what that plan was. And so the more time you have there, the better. And I think if you're going to try to make a legitimate push for 2023, and if Byron Buxton is not in a Twins uniform, at the end of 2022, the sooner the better in that regard. Hmm. All right, wow. I don't know if that's the popular sentiment, but that is the sentiment uh, in this room, it sounds like, is if you're not going to contend to trade Buxton immediately, Betsy, I'll hand it over to you and ask you, if you were in Derek Falvey's chair, would you 
look to extend Byron Buxton for a huge sum of money, or would you, like these guys, would you be looking to trade him this winter? Well, first of all, I'm pretty thankful that nobody pays me to make these decisions. <laughs> Fair enough. I am very indecisive. I would be the wrong person for the job. Just putting that out there to start with. Uh, yeah, like Dan said, um, I guess I would make maybe one more run at trying to extend him, and if you can't do it, I would trade him this offseason. Okay. Um, I, I don't see the point. If, if he's going to walk after next year, I don't see the point in not getting as much value for him as you can. Um, again, not the um, probably, I guess, popular path yeah. uh, with the fans. Um, and I think that's kind of similar to what we saw with Jose Barrios. I think they got to a point where they figured they weren't going to be able to extend him and they figured they'd get as much value for him um, as they can. Now, obviously, Barrios gone. If Buxton is gone next year, then yes. I, I know Doe didn't want to use the word punting, but you are punting on 2020. Um, but there is a lot of interesting, you know, there are a lot of interesting pieces in sure. the pipeline, and they do have, you know, a, a good major league core, especially of hitters. You know, we've been talking about potentially dipping into that for a trade, but there are pieces on this roster, you know, to, to contend in maybe not next year, but in, in future years. So just very glad I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not in this chair, you know. I feel like this is going to be a, a, you know, a, this is pretty much stating the obvious, but a very pivotal offseason for the Twins and kind of the direction they're planning on going. Yeah, no, hey, wait, wait, well said. Are you asking all these questions that are going to make the fans not like us? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I just asked the questions here, guys. So you, what you do with that is up to you. Um, but yeah, very complicated offseason, of course, for, for all of them. Twins fans, if you're just joining us, this is the Beat Writers Roundtable. Phil Miller, Betsy Halfan, Do Hyung Park, and Dan Hayes are joining me here on Twins Today to answer the biggest questions of the Twins offseason. Okay, so I'm going to ask you for... Uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to talk about the 2021 season as a disappointment, and I think for a lot of us, um, certainly for myself... Um, surprising disappointment. If you would have asked me to lay out a worst case scenario, I, I don't think I would have gone this drastic. I don't think I would have been this harsh. Um, so with that as a backdrop, Phil, who is a player who made the most notable impression on you in 2021? Just kind of in the spirit of balance, I guess. Bailey Ober, I think uh, without a doubt, Bailey Ober is a big leaguer and he established that really early from the, basically uh, from the first time he stepped on the mound um, there are guys that uh, you think, oh, maybe they'll turn into something. Maybe they'll develop. And there are guys who look like, well, this is where he belongs. And uh, Bailey Ober uh, was one of them. And, he, and the league didn't catch up to him much. Uh, he yeah. was good all season long. Uh, that, to me, is the most heartening thing about uh, the Twins going forward because, you know, they lost their top eight pitchers, the top eight starting pitchers. I mean, they ended up with Pineda uh, back. And I do think they should see what it would cost to get him back next year. But uh, having Bailey over Joe Ryan at the end uh, for three meaningless weeks of uh, games, but uh, Bailey over uh, is uh, the most impressive. Well, you don't want to say most impressive twins developed pitcher since because a lot of fans are unimpressed with the, uh, with the list that that goes back uh, to, um, He's not a hard thrower. He doesn't look like uh, a perennial all-star, but he looks like a solid rotation guy uh, for years to come. And 
you know, they didn't know that at the start of the year. I talked to him in spring training about getting by without velocity. And he okay. said, you know, we're working on that. Uh, huh. You know, that his reputation was uh, an 89 mile an hour strike thrower. And, uh, and he's more than that. Uh, and, uh, you know, he said, I feel better. We've ironed out a lot of things. Uh, of course, spring training, at spring training, I thought, we'll see you in September. Um, like you said, it wasn't just a disappointment, but they had the best spring training, I think, since, since I've been covering them. Um, um, well, that might be overstating, but coming out of spring training, they looked like primed and ready to go. This yeah. was going to be a big year and, uh, that it fell apart so completely is, uh, is quite a shock. Who's made the most notable impression on you? in 2021 i guess i'll go with bailey ober uh okay just for the fact that you know obviously he was on the twins radar um you know they put him on the 40-man roster but i don't think he was you know generally necessarily on the radar and i think he even said it himself like his expectations for the season were like maybe i'll get called up to help this team make a playoff push in september but instead the twins got to have you know by virtue of having a poor season but they got to have an extended look at him and you know you have to be impressed with what you've seen both on the field and also, you know, he's had a, a ton of injury, you know, issues in his past and the twins were very careful all, all year long in managing that. And, you know, the arm held up all year long and that's a good, I think, you know, that's got to give you a lot of confidence that, you know, that's repeatable, that you're you know doing the right thing. So I'm going to go with Bailey Oper. Okay. Yeah. A, a good one and sort of foundation to build on for next year too. You guys are already putting them in your rotation for next year. Doe, same question to you. Most notable impression on the Twins in 2021. I was going to go with Bailey Ober. And you I can't take it. I know. I, know. <laughs> I could go with another young guy, but I'm going to, I'm going to tangent here. I'm gonna say Josh Donaldson, and okay. I, and and that's not to say that I mean Ober is a foundational piece for the future. You know, you got Donaldson on under contract for a couple more years, and who knows what that future is gonna look like. But at least as a retrospective on 2021, yeah, coming off the 2020 where Donaldson's first impression of that big contract was he was hurt for much of the year, wasn't there for the postseason, and there's this narrative around him, and I think it's hard to avoid that narrative in a sports town like Minneapolis, St. Paul, <laughs> where you're the where you're the guy making big bucks, but Look at this. Josh Donaldson is second on the team in plate appearances this year. And I know he didn't he didn't help his co- and, and this wasn't his fault, but he got hurt on literally the first batted ball of the season and I think that also was that also lent people to go, okay, well here we go again. Yeah. Came back from that. He's been pretty much healthy and productive ever since then. I mean, he's not MVP Josh Donaldson anymore, but still 126 OPS plus. That's very solid. Um, and like I said, second on the team in plate appearances, plays a very, very solid third base all year, which we've talked about the impact of Simmons um, on that for the for the young pitchers and kind of helping them keep their keep themselves grounded. Donaldson's played a really sure-handed third base too. And uh, his batted ball numbers, I mean, we talk about the age. He's getting up there in age, but these are some of the best batted ball and um, plate discipline metrics of Josh Donaldson's career that are kind of leading to these results, yeah. even as his um, you know, other elements like the speed in particular kind of wane. And so I think if you're looking at the value that Josh Donaldson has brought to this team, you know, this is considering what happened in 2020, yeah. considering kind of the how how that contract started. This is the this is the production that they paid Josh Donaldson for. This is what they were hoping for, this is what they expected, and um, in an otherwise tough year, <laughs> it's what they got out of Josh yeah. Donaldson. 
Uh, that's a zigzag. I wasn't expecting Donaldson, but Dan, have you got a surprise for me? Your most notable impression, 2021. Uh, one thing on Dose, he left off that Donaldson is second on the team in flailing limbs. We've seen a lot of hustle, and it was a really good pick. Um, I'm going to go with Nick Gordon. And, okay. And I, I'll say this, uh, Nick Gordon, Like it's, it would be easy to say Joe Ryan, and by the way, Joe Ryan's interviews are going to be amazing for the rest of his career, whatever that may be, I can't wait. Uh, but Nick Gordon, look, I think everybody pretty much, he was so far off the radar, similar to Bailey Ober, um, just because of health issues that he has had. and you know, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was 153 pounds like nine months ago and couldn't keep food down and just was trying for years to figure out his health. And now he finally does. And I'll say this, it's infectious what he brings to the club. He's happy at the ballpark. He's always upbeat. You need energy guys. And when the energy guy can play a little shortstop, a little center field, the corners, uh, second base, move around. When he gets on base, he's a threat. Um, we've seen flashes of power in September. Maybe there's a 700 OPS in there for the long term. Who knows? But when you think about the fact that he came from where he did and that like, frankly, we're talking about a guy who maybe was going to be one of the next few guys off the 40-man to make space for other people. To go from that guy to this has been really a, a nice development over a very difficult season for the Twins because they have a very functional player that can be a, a, a player on a winning team without question. Yeah. Okay, three great answers. Um, Ober. We got an honorable mention for Joe Ryan. So two members of the starting rotation next year, according to this group, and also Josh Donaldson and Nick Gordon. Of the first six starters in 2022, so we turn the calendar, how many of those first six starting pitchers, Phil, are not currently in the Twins organization? I would guess, I guess they're going to keep Pineda. He wants to stay, and he won't be that expensive. Uh uh, Pineda, Ober, Ryan, uh, Dobnak, uh, washout season for him. I think they learned something there. Yeah, I'll say four. I'll say okay. four. Not, maybe not necessarily those four, but I'll, I'll, I'll bet four. I, I have a hard time picturing them going out and adding three guys that they trust. You know, the thing that we need to throw in here is that it's possible that all of the transactions, all of the trades and free agents signings will happen in a three week period in late April or something like that. I mean, yeah. you know, once the lockout begins on in December, you know, we'll see uh, how much pressure builds towards uh, an on time spring training. If, if they have to scramble, if it's a league wide scramble, uh, who knows what prices will be like and uh, what, uh, what, difficult decisions teams will be uh, willing to make. And if they lose part of the season after last year's abbreviated season and this year's small crowd season, boy, uh, prices could come down. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. I'll just finish with this final follow-up question. It doesn't sound like you're in the camp that expects some frenzied activity in the three weeks between the World Series and the CBA expiring. I, I think it's a pretty popular sentiment that teams will be incentivized to just wait? Well, agents will be incentivized uh, to wait. Um, it, it, is, it is a risk. I mean, it's a great unknown. And like I say, in a, in a mad scramble, um, prices could uh, go down. Hmm. I just have a 
hard time seeing uh, players uh, going ahead and signing without without knowing what's coming, without knowing what sort of compensation the, the teams will be required to give up, if any, if they scrap the uh, the compensation, the draft pick uh, forfeiture. Um, you know that changes your value a lot. So yeah. uh, hmm. I, I just think these. These things, you know, teams have to have a million meetings to make a decision, and I don't know that you can get that done before uh, things shut down. I'll leave you guys with kind of a rapid-fire one here on the Beat Writers Roundtable. Derek Falvey talks about needing to have depth beyond that that first starting five in your rotation. And without going 15 guys deep, let's just say six. Okay, of the first six pitchers to make a start for the Twins next year— how many of them are not currently in the organization? I'll let you think on that for a second. We've talked about Ober. We've talked about Ryan. Kenta will not be there for the start of next season. Now that their uh, rotation has kind of really turned over since we all started covering the Twins, how many of those first six Dan Hayes are not currently in the Twins organization? We'll start with you. I'll go two because I think they're going to sign Pineda back. Okay. And then there will be somebody along the lines of a Griffin Jacks or an internal option that is that sixth guy. So two guys from outside the organization. Oh, like a Randy Dobnik, somebody like yes, that. exactly. Okay, so that's Dan Hayes. He says add two and go with four in-house. Dohyung Park, MLB.com's official opinion is what? RTs are not endorsements. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dan took it out of my mouth, too. I'm also of the opinion that Michael Pineda is going to be back in a Twins uniform next year. And I think there's probably maybe a free agent signing in there, maybe a trade acquisition okay. for the uh, for the starting rotation in there somewhere. And I think maybe a guy like number six is maybe a guy like Drew Strotman or Louis okay. Thorpe. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, um, Betsy, I'm going to let you dare to be different here. The St. Paul Pioneer Press official opinion on how many of the first six starting pitchers for the Twins not presently in the organization. All right. Well, since you're daring me to, to be different, I'll say three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so different, Betsy. So different. What a radical. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about this last night. I waver back and forth on whether I think they'll re-sign Pineda. Um, yeah, me too. Obviously, he likes it here. Mm -hmm. They like having him here. But he's not young, and this team might not be good next year. He could possibly go, you know, want to see what's out there in terms of a contending team, and I don't know how he would weigh that versus his comfort here or whatnot. So I would say three, and I'll give you Ryan Ober and I guess Dobnak as six okay. right outside the rotation. Okay. And then you're talking trades and free agents to, to fill the rest. Yeah. Okay. And, again, I'm still kind of wavering on Panina. So <laughs> I'll say three, but that's possible. And I would like to thank you for allowing me to go first because I was doing the math as, <laughs> yeah. and, and I knew there were only two answers and the two was the most logical. So thank you, Derek. Uh, nice. Hope you nice. get the check and the cashes and all clears. I'll let you know if it doesn't. <laughs> How about that? Uh, this has been awesome. Guys, thank you for sitting down with me. Uh, thanks for coming on the show this season. It's been fun having you. And thank you for the uh, first annual Beat Writers Roundtable. Thank you for having us, Derek. Once again, thank you for having us. Hey, Derek, thank you for having us. It's been our pleasure. My thanks to the Beat Writers for joining for that final edition there of, well, the Beat Writers Roundtable. Dan Hayes, Do Hyung Park, Betsy Helfand, and Phil Miller. Next up, friend of the show, Steve Thompson, with a special one-hour show here on WCCO. And then it's Inside Twins with a special roundtable edition 
1.30 is the Adina Realty pregame lineup card with Chris Atterbury and first pitch between the Twins and Royals. Charlie Barnes gets the ball for the Twins in the final game of the season. First pitch scheduled for 2.10 from Kauffman Stadium. That's a wrap for me. I want to say some thanks here at the end of the last show of the year. My thanks to the Twins and Twins radio team for the opportunity to do this show this season. Mark Janowski, Chris Atterbury, Andrew Halverson, and Brock and Andres. Also, my thanks to WCCO for the airtime and for the many great guests who joined us this season. Not the year we had all expected and hoped for, but I had a great time talking Twins baseball with all of you. So lastly, thank you to all the listeners of this show. I hope to see you around next year in some way. In the meantime, you can find me on social media, Twitter at Derek Wetmore or Facebook.com slash Derek Wetmore MLB. And I write a free newsletter about the Minnesota Twins, which you can find linked at all of those. It's time to hand things over to Steve Thompson. This is Derek Wetmore signing off on Twins today on News Talk 830 WCCO. You have been listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.